Okay, hello everybody, this is Mark Tackett again, and here today in the old sanctuary here at Santo First Baptist Church, and uh, a few days ago we had, had a funeral here for Bobby Edwards, a man of God that I got to know and, and respected. Uh, today, woke up this morning and felt like the Lord allowed me to share what I'm going to share with you, quite a bit of its personal testimony, but... It, it comes out of Scripture. Um, a little over nine years ago, um, I got physically sick. I mean, it was uh, the result of it. I actually thought when you got sick like that, you just died. Anyway, through that process, uh, which was amazing to me, was that a year later, I was better than what I'd probably been 20 years before that, which is a, a long story in itself. But the, the part I want to focus on is the spiritual component of what I lived through and what God showed me through that experience. Uh, I, uh, it was on March the 30th, 2012, I, got, uh, I had been working for my daughter Tara at the our other store in Weatherford, we were having countertops put in, and that morning I'd woke up with a headache, uh, just not feeling real good. Um, but if I back up just a little bit before that, what's interesting, you know, the I think what the neat thing is that makes a difference in people's lives is when we're really transparent, whether we're comfortable with it or not. And so, early Thursday morning, I had a dream in which God showed me that something was about to change. Uh, I didn't quite, the, the dream was so strong and the, the pieces in it were so so bright and brilliant that it was just etched in my mind. I shared it with my wife Brenda and I shared it with David at work and I could tell it didn't mean a, a, a lot to either one of them so I said, well, it may not mean anything to you but something's fixing to change pretty drastically. But it was a warning. God was sending me a warning about what I was fixing to go through. And, you know, you have the thought process, well, if God warned you, why did you go through it anyway? Well, there was a purpose in that. Maybe I can touch on that in a little bit. Uh, but the, uh, so I got, I got to feeling worse as the day went on. And by that evening, I just told him I had to leave because I uh, just didn't feel good. So I went home. I had a, a headache. I just don't normally have headaches, and I had a headache that was uh, approaching off the charts. Uh, I got home, and I thought, well, man, I must be getting a sinus infection. So I washed my sinuses out, and I immediately began to, to vomit. And that went on steadily for about two hours, and it was during that process that thought crossed my mind, well, is this what it feels like to die? Well, uh, so... The got through that night. I couldn't uh, really sit in a chair in the bed much more than 30 minutes without having to move. I uh, don't know if you've ever hurt so bad where you just squirm, but uh, that was one time in my life that I did. The next day was Sunday, and my daughter Tara checked on me, and they sent me out a little bit of medicine, which probably at the time, looking back, probably might have saved my life because I didn't have any, any uh, adrenal function. Uh, that's what happens uh, with what what was going on with me. And uh, later that evening, I called my son Andrew, 
And I was starting to panic because I was in such pain. And I just called and said, man, you need to meet me. Uh, come and get me, take me to the, the time it was Tri-Cities uh, there in Willow Park. It was, some, it was somewhere I knew that I could get to on Sunday. Anyway, I called him back and I said, listen, I'll just meet you on the side of the road. I remember walking in uh, and I just threw my wallet on the counter and just walked back. Anyway, they did a CAT scan and uh, gave me a shot of dilaudid and some anti-nausea and just knocked me out. And uh, that kind of got me through to the next morning. Um, then, uh, so I went through, you know, a period there where I was just in pain. The funny thing was that during that time, I didn't really feel the presence of God, which to me scares me. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be uh, going through life where I don't know that God's right there, that I don't feel his presence. Uh, that's real important to me. And so uh, I can remember just uh, uh, praying the 23rd Psalm. And sometimes I'd get through it and sometimes I wouldn't. And uh, the, uh, so on the, on the physical part, I, I had just suffered. I, I didn't hardly eat for 12 days. The first 30 days, I, I didn't hardly leave the house. I didn't want any noise. I just, I was just, uh, I did what my mother taught me to do when you get sick, and that's just to get still and quiet. And so that's what I did. So for 30 days, I, I just got still and quiet and tried to allow whatever was happening to happen. And, and, uh, and so during that process, on the 12th day, I had to go get a bunch of, a bunch of tests, and it was a really, really rough day. And uh, that morning before I left, I can remember taking a shower, and in the shower, I, I lifted up a prayer, and my prayer was, God, uh, whether I live or die, I really don't care. Uh, I have lived a good life. I've done about everything that I can think that I want to do, so whether I live or die, that's yours. You know, but what I do ask God is that I feel your presence. And so that was my prayer. And so I went and got those tests and had to do some of them twice because their computer went out. And it was a field of vision study where I had lights flashing in my eye. And if you can imagine a headache off the chart and somebody's flashing eyes and you've got to push a button every time you see one, that was like torture. And uh, so they were trying to map to see if I had optic nerve damage. Uh, and Brenda, Brenda took me to all these appointments and and uh, she probably has a different version. We always have a little bit about the timeline, but you have to remember my, my mental function was, was not, uh, I mean, maybe it might have been 60%. So I went, went to that day uh, and uh, had all of this. And, and interesting, too, was that I remember when I'd go to the doctor, they would check my blood pressure, and it was really high. It was 190 to over 100 to 110. If anybody's familiar with that, you'd say, man, that's stroke level. Well, yeah, it was. And I was, it was interesting that nobody ever mentioned that, but what I realized later was it was that high because the level of pain that I was in at the time. And uh, that's important because of what happens uh, a little bit a little bit later. Um, and so that was kind of the... the uh, the playing field that I that I was on, I was in my mind very sick. I uh, I was just at home, 
I wasn't visiting with anybody. I didn't want the TV on. I didn't want any noise. Uh, 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 my senses were, were not good. My sense of taste, my sense of hearing, they were all uh, suffering to some degree. Those around me that knew me very well, uh, that were close to me, were concerned because they had never seen me in, in that state. Um, I remember my son Andrew was concerned, and we um, we got on a juicing program, and I drank a lot of juice during that time, which which was good. Um, the uh, uh, but anyway, just to say that we uh, the people around me didn't know quite what to think because I wasn't really engaging. I just wanted to be be alone and be still and quiet, and so. Uh, on this 12th day, uh, that morning, we uh, went and did all these tests, and and uh, was a lot of suffering that day. I remember just the things I had to go through in the condition that I was in. And when we got home was the very first time that I had actually picked up my Bible, and it seemed like I opened it up to where I had left off, and I started reading scriptures. And when I did... These particular scriptures spoke to me as if the Lord himself was speaking to me, and, and he was. And I wasn't instantaneously healed, but at that time, I started going a different direction. Instead of continually going down, I started going up uh, slowly, but I did, I did change direction. And what was interesting about that. Uh, remember, my blood pressure was consist consistently running 190 over, say, 110. Was that that afternoon? I watched my blood pressure just peel back to 130 over over 88, which is which just reflected that my pain had already started started coming down that afternoon. Um, and so the the scriptures that that I read were these, and they they were uh, quite impactful on me and they spoke to me and a lot of it's not real feel good scriptures uh, because I took it as as they said to me personally it starts out therefore since Christ suffered in his body arm yourself also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin well when I read that in the way I was hurting I I just started laughing because I thought wow how neat is that 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 if the suffering I'm going through puts me in a position where I'm done with sin, I thought, wow, that is just pretty neat. But, you know, through that process, I've realized that uh, suffering does cause us to reflect, and it does cause us to look outside of ourselves and not be so selfish and so greedy, and it makes us look at what's really real in life. Suffering does that. So there is a purpose in suffering. So... That was the first thing, that because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. And then it says, as a result, okay, this, is, this was speaking to me, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. So this was a time in my life that there was some redirection. Uh, and, and, and this was just like somebody coming to you and saying, come on, man. This has been long enough because it says, as a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you spent enough time in the past 
doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation and they heap abuse on you. Well, yes, whenever you make a life change, uh, you, you don't hang out with the same people. It isn't that you love them, don't love them, or, or care for them, but there's something that happens inside of us that just just, just changes us. Uh, but verse 5 is interesting because it says, but they, it, it's, but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body, but live according to to God in regard to the Spirit, okay? Verse 7 says, now this, this, this um, I believe with all of my heart, in, in each of our lives, the end of all things is near, okay? Uh, at that time, I could see, well, yeah, the end of things could be pretty near, but that wasn't the end of the story. Uh, but in the whole sum of things in our lives, this is true. The end of all things is near. Therefore, Jim Luby, when he preached here, always said when he saw the word therefore, he always said, what's it here for? It's what it, right above it, it was saying, what is this here for? So therefore, be clean, clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Um, that, that spoke to me right there. Because it's saying the end of all things is near. You need to live your life like you've, you've got a short time to live. You need to be clear-minded in self-control so that you can pray. Okay? So let's reverse engineer that. It says so you can pray. What, what's it required so that you can pray? You need to be clear-minded and self-controlled. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins so even since this time yes i sin uh and i will till till the end of this old life is over but uh, this says here above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins uh, it says offer hospitality to one another without grumbling each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Okay? Uh, but it went on. Uh, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Um, you know, the feel-good gospel, I, I do believe that God blesses us and that He, he goes before us, uh, but the we're, suffering is sometimes required also, and so uh, it's being written here do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange was hap were happening to you but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed okay 
If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Okay, that, that's interesting because it says, if you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of, spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So it used to be that I was wondering, why in the world would somebody insult me because of the name of Christ? Why, why would they do that? Um, well, in the, in the world that we live in, um, not talking about this church specifically, but God's church as a whole doesn't always speak the truth. Uh, and I'm talking about corporately. And, uh, the, and so I believe that a lot of the problems that we are experiencing today and we see in society and in, in the society that I live in and I'm a part of and I'm responsible for has taken the gospel and watered it down and things that are evil and are sin, nobody, you, we don't either talk about it because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or in a lot of denominations, they, they've actually adopted it as a practice. Uh, and, you know, if you read the Bible, it couldn't be clearer about, about some things in, in life. And, uh, and so if you speak out now in this day, up for in the name of Christ, you're going to suffer. You're you're going to be called a hypocrite. You're going to be um, you're going to be labeled as the bad person. You're going to be labeled intolerant. Uh, and uh, so that that's the day we live in. But the the Bible right there says that to expect it, and uh, that you're actually blessed because of that when others uh, persecute you for saying the truth. It says, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a, a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin. That, um, that for me, when I read that back nine years ago, that spoke to me uh, relevant to that time from then through now, because it's just as real to me now as it was then. Verse 17, for it is time for judgment to begin. This is interesting. With the family of God, for it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful Creator and continue to do good. Uh, so those were words that were speaking to me uh, that, you know, that the suffering I was going through would, would change my life to where... Uh, Verse 2, it said, as a result, I would not live the rest of my earthly life for human evil desires, but rather for the will of God. And then verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Okay? So that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. 
in the end, verse 12, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering, suffering as though something strange were happening. And then jump down to verse 17 again, for it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Uh, this week, I've got a good friend that I went to church with his family in Alito for a long time. And uh, he posted something on Facebook. And uh, apparently it's really controversial now. He just said, I, I guess this is Gay Pride Month, and he, he posted homosexuality is a sin. And uh, that wasn't the thing that surprised me. What surprised me were the, uh, uh, the people that responded to that. And, uh, uh, and one person said, well, if, if, that's, a, if that's the case, then hell is... Hell is going to be effing lit up, which basically was saying, you know, if that's just the way it is, well, we're all going to go to hell and there's going to be a bunch of us. Um, I just thought that was, that just struck me as, wow, hasn't our society changed? Um, there were a couple of people that, that came to his defense, but the, the vast majority of people were commenting you know how proud they were and eventually I believe he said um, the he said the Bible says it's a sin and if it's a sin we shouldn't be celebrating it and I just thought that was was interesting um, the when I when I was reading it uh, God spoke to me through the fifth uh, chapter of first Peter and also the uh, part of the second Peter the uh, uh, in chapter five, uh, verse uh, six, it says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you." So that's a scripture that that's stating that we should cast our care on on God or on the Lord because He cares for us. Verse 8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Uh, verse 8, it's where it says, Be self-controlled and alert. Um, what it's saying there is that as we go through our days, we should expect uh, spiritual battles. We should expect... Um, things to create chaos in our world that um, that because of that process as we go through our days we should be self-controlled um, and we should be alert because it says your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour there's a couple interesting things about lions they're not the fastest animal um but there's, there's two characteristics that they have when they're stalking their prey. One, if you can picture a, a, a small body of water and uh, all the other waters around has dried up, so all the, the, all the different herds have to come in there. 
well, uh, uh, the lion isn't the fastest, but he is paying attention to what's going on. He's observing the animals, and uh, he's, uh, he's looking for those who are at risk, those who maybe have a, a, a sore foot or an injury or uh, are just weak. And uh, so whenever, whenever he, t- he does take off, those are the most vulnerable. And so we as people, we go through lives, and there will be times when we're all more vulnerable than what we are at other times. And uh, we need to understand it's at those times the enemy a lot of times comes and, to attack us. Uh, and the other is that a lion, uh, that when these animals are coming to, to get a drink of water or whatever, they're, they're not, the lion isn't necessarily going to be able to run that animal down. But what the lion does have is a loud roar, just like Satan has a loud roar. And so if in life we're going along just like that animal at, at, the, at the body of water drinking, and all of a sudden the lion jumps up and he lets out a loud roar that a lot of times that, that roar will cause that animal to freeze and panic. They, they are so scared of that roar that it causes them not to be able to move. And then it's easy for the lion to go and, and get them before they're able to move. And so it's the same, so that's, that's, that same analogy is to be applied in our life. Be self-controlled and alert. So that means to be expecting these things in life. Don't be surprised when your world falls out from under you. Be self-controlled, but also be alert because there is a devil out there and he prowls around like a roaring lion leaking, uh, seeking someone to devour, someone to destroy. Uh, so our job is to resist him. We're to stand firm in the faith. And, uh, and it goes on to say that, that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Uh, there's no one special. We all, uh, the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. And uh, no one's special. He made us all the same. He made us with the, hopefully with a body with all the parts. And there's some people that don't even have that. But uh, and so it says, in the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, make you firm, and make you steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever and uh, there was there was more uh, to it out of the out of God's word but uh, the I have never really shared what I'm sharing today uh, because I haven't felt like well it wasn't that I didn't feel like I, I know that God told me that what what I experienced wasn't for me to go out and, and talk in front of the masses about it wasn't an event that would uh, affect the world and it was more personal something that happened to me to change me uh, but I felt like this morning he he wanted me to share that uh, for whatever reason uh, he gave me the freedom to do that and so as a result when I was sick I had I had two dreams uh, in one dream um, God showed me what my sin looked like in the dream, uh, 
And all I can tell you is that it was so repulsive that I, my stomach turned. Not only in the dream, but when I woke up, I jumped up and started running to the bathroom because I thought I was fixing to vomit. And I realized, I stopped and said, well, I'm not. Uh, but, you know, personally, God was showing me that uh, our sin is not attractive to God. And uh, we, you know, in the Old Testament, in the, a lot of the, the old evangelists, they called us to repentance. Billy Graham always called, called the nation to repentance. And that, that means us individually, and it, it means us as a nation that we need to repent. That's what John the Baptist was preparing the road for Jesus. He was calling people to repent and be baptized. Uh, and repentance just means that you admit, uh, you come to a knowledge that, man, what I've been, what I've been doing or what I've been thinking is is just messed up. It's not right. It's not, it's not good. It, but it, but it's not. You're not saying that to yourself. You 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 take that to God and say, God, I'm sorry. And so the road, the only way, the road to salvation uh, is also the road to repentance uh, because God's gift to us is free. It's free to anybody who takes it. You can invite Jesus in your heart, but it's not cheap. It's free, but it's not cheap because it costs God His only begotten Son. And so with that, I will close. And uh, I hope that maybe something that I said might have been a a witness to you and it might somehow cause somebody to either come to seek the Lord or be moved to be restored to the Lord uh, once again the way that that you would like to be so Father God we just come before you through your precious son Jesus Lord I thank you for your word I thank you for for speaking today and Lord there's a lot of things we don't understand and you know God dear God from our perspective from our perspective, it really doesn't matter. Uh, all that matters, God, is that you know and you understand. And I accept that. I don't have to know all things. I don't have to know why. But I, I do thank you because I know you're real and that you love me. And that you, not only are you in me, you're with me. And you go before and you prepare a road uh, before me each and every day. And I have no idea what this day holds, but I know that you hold this day, and in that I am so thankful. I praise you, and I thank you, dear Lord, and I thank you for this good day that you've given me. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen.